0: Hi, this is Mark Lowry and you're on Faith's Edge with Joe Taylor.
1: You know, I went through a stint of depression after this. I wasn't playing music anymore. You know, I started partying again, you know, hanging out with the wrong people. I hit my face, man. I started praying like, Lord, take me. You know, I need I need you and I have to I have to get away from this lifestyle.
0: Well, hello. Thank you to Mark Lowry for the introduction. I have been a fan of Mark's for a long, long time. His comedy is absolutely hilarious, but I never quite realized how skillfully he communicates biblical and life truths until the conversation I had with him last episode on episode 92. Really, really good stuff in that one. You can hear that conversation at onfaithsedge.com 92. That's onfaithsedge.com 92. Welcome to the 93rd episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor. Recovering Atheist and Your Servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations about God and living a life of faith in Jesus Christ. If you want to contact me or reach out to me, I am most active on Twitter at, at 4 4 joetaylor that's F-O-R-J-O-E-T-A-Y-L-O-R, at 4 Joe Taylor, I have a great conversation coming up with Eddie Hedges, a founding member of the multi-platinum band Blessed Union of Souls. It's deep and revealing. I really love bringing you engaging conversations about faith. If the show entertains you, encourages you, informs you, or brings value to you in any way whatsoever, would you consider financially backing the show? The best way to do that now is to use any Amazon link at onfaithsedge.com. We'll get a modest commission from the purchase, but it doesn't cost you a penny more. Originally from my hometown, Cincinnati, Ohio, Eddie Hedges toured with bands such as Bell Biv DeVoe, Sheila E., Johnny Gill, and worked with Arsenio Hall and, J- and Jay Leno and many, many others. He is a founding member of the multi-platinum band Blessed Union of Souls with hits like I Believe, I Wanna Be There, Light Your Eyes, Let Me Be The One, and Hey Leonardo. Then, after 10 years and at the peak of their popularity, Eddie left the band. Today, Eddie and I will talk about why he left Blessed Union of Souls and the power of a mother's wisdom. The joy that trumps playing for over 100,000 people. How God used him while he was a handyman. Was Blessed Union of Souls a Christian band? I asked Eddie that very question. And the miraculous impact of his song, I Will Be Strong. My first experience with your music, Eddie, was from something to believe in. I guess that was your first, your first solo project. Is that right?
1: That was right uh, when I left Blessed Union of Souls. I, I came out of the group through a series of uh, experiences, and I started writing. Uh, actually, I left the music business completely. Completely, I left Cincinnati. I came. Uh, I moved to California. Now, the reason I, I had done that was. I went through a thing with my mom. My mom uh, battled cancer. I was on tour at the time. And one evening, she actually, uh, they rushed her to the hospital. Now, what I had done, I w- I, when I was on the road, I was kind of bouncing around a bunch. So I built a house on their property out in uh, Batavia behind their house. So whenever I was home, I was always there with her. And uh, my dad gave me a call about two o'clock in the morning. He says, come up to the house. Your mom wants to talk to you. She came, I ran up to the house, it was about two. And I sat down with her on the side of the bed. Now, mom, she had a stroke, so she was paralyzed from the waist down because of the cancer. She said, and she and the, the, the the crazy thing was that she this this cancer had metastasized and went to her brain and she but she had never lost it. She was always right there. Mm. And she said, She said, Come here, I need to I need to talk to you. I said, Yes, ma'am. So I sat down next to her and she said this thing you're doing this band running around all over the world doing God knows what. I'm like, yes, ma'am. She said, it's it's time to stop. Now, (laughs) we had a single in the top 10. We had about four singles in the top 40. And I'm in the middle of a tour doing TV. I looked at her and I said, yes, ma'am, I'll stop. She said, God has other plans for you. Mm. She said, he didn't, she said, uh, he didn't give you the gifts that you have and the talents that you have to do the things right now that you're doing. She said, he has other plans for you. I said, yes, ma'am. She says, take care of your father. He's going to need you. I said, yes, ma'am. Now, by this time, my brother walked in and sat down next to her. And she was telling me all this. And then she said, I have to go now. I love you. I said, yes, ma'am, I love you. Now, this is <laughs> this is what blew me away and completely turned my life around. She, Mom couldn't walk. She looked up in the corner of the room, she stood up, she reached up, and she goes, oh. And then she smiled, and she sat back down, and she lay down and went home. Oh. My life changed right there.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Now, if I was never a believer, which I was, but if I never was, that did it for me right there. After that, there was a series of things that made me witness you know, the presence of God. So I told her, okay, I'll leave the band. Didn't know what I would do because music's all I ever knew. And about six months later, I was done with the band and I bought a house in Loveland and I grew up in a family of contractors. So I thought, well, I need a job, so I better rehab this house, learn how to, you know, teach myself how to do carpentry and and all of that. So after I sold my house in, in Loveland, I moved to California and people were like, why did you leave? Well, you know, I went through a stint of depression after this. I wasn't playing music anymore. You know, I started partying again, mm. hanging out with the wrong people. I hit my face, man. I started praying. I'm like, Lord, take me. I need, I need you. And I have to, I have to get away from this lifestyle. I sold my house and moved to California, not knowing what I was going to do. I had about 30 grand in my pocket. That's all I had left. And of course, that didn't last in California. Went through that about a year. Went through that about eight months. <laughs> yeah, it's a
0: couple of taxi cab drives, right?
1: Yeah, right. So um, I'm thinking New York. You, know, you, out...
0: you guys don't take taxis in, in California. You guys drive in California.
1: Oh yeah, in California <laughs> you, you drive. You can't, you got to have a car in Cali. You know. So I moved out here and uh, where my girlfriend was, and we were married. Rented a little house, and uh, I started on. You know, I, I started doing handyman work. Any kind of job I could do, that's what I did. And people, when I talk to people at home, they're like, man, you're crazy. You, you, you're a music guy. I'm like, you know what? God gave me other gifts. I'll use my hands to provide, you know, for myself and, and my wife now when we're married. I started writing little things. The Lord was dropping these little, little notes on me when I'm out doing handyman work. I'd pick up a piece of drywall and I'd write something on it. Long story short, I started writing this record, called a friend of mine who recorded a few things on a laptop. She told me about a guy who had a label, sent it over to him, had all these demos and they put it out. And that was something to believe in. It was just a bunch of demos and they put it out. And that's when I started sharing my faith. It was the craziest thing because what I felt was I had played Royal Albert Hall, Madison square garden, all these things, which is a huge rush, you know, Hyde park in London in front of a hundred thousand people was a rush, Sure. but I would go into these like a men's, like a Bible study or a men's home or something, 10, 15 guys just broken for Christ. And I'm singing my heart out, man. There was a joy in that that trumped any one of those rushes that I had playing in front of all those people. God was using me. And then that's when I realized what my mom said was, he has other plans for you. And it hit me. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And when I started doing, you know, I realized what what my call was. Because that's why you know so many people go through life and they don't really know what their purpose is or what their call is. And that hit me right there. I'm like, Lord, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And man, that's when all the stuff hit, like, you know, adversity and mm. you know, money, no money, troubles, you know, because the enemy doesn't like you doing that. The enemy wants me out doing what other things take my mind and my focus off of what God called me to do. It hasn't been easy, but I have joy. That's, and I can honestly say that. And even to today, it's uh, those blessed union days, you know, when, when money was flowing and I wasn't really that responsible with it, I didn't care about a whole lot. I just got up and they told me to go here, do this, do that. That's what I did. When you're focused on doing what God called you to do, you're going to run into some storms, man, but he will get you through every one of them. I can say that I'm, I'm, I'm a witness.
0: You know, the story with the, the story about how you came to uh your first solo project, something to believe in. And I tell you that that's a fantastic that's a fantastic album, man. The song Praise Eddie, the short yeah. little what, two and a half, maybe three minute song, is played on on a pretty consistent basis in the Taylor household. In fact, we have our we have our vacation happy music playlist that we when we're driving to Florida or or on another vacation and, and praise is in that happy music playlist, man. It is a fantastic praise song. Man. Oh
1: man. Praise God. Yeah, Thank you. It, it's yeah. uh,
0: it's really, really good. It's really good. Can we, I want to explore a little bit more about your time with, with blessed union of souls, blessed union of Souls had, had huge hits. Uh, I believe hey Leonardo was, was the reason you left blessed union of souls was a sole reason because your mother felt you had another path. God had another path for you.
1: That was it. That was it. I mean, you know, I'm I'm still, you know, a lot of people would think, well, you know, they were, they didn't like each other or it got ugly like most bands and it just got, it never did with me. You know, I love the guys still. Elliot and I used to play in a band called The Movies years ago. We were actually signed to CBS. We had a little record deal, but we go way back. He was my keyboard player and I was the lead singer of the band. Mm. And then I was playing with Jeff and a band called Slam. We did a bunch of holiday inns and things like that, which goes back. And then I got a gig playing for a band called Bell Biv DeVoe at the time that I was playing with uh, Jeff. So I introduced Jeff to Elliot, and put those two guys together. And then they started working together, and then they kind of started writing uh, for a guy. And then they called me back home to put together Blessed Union of Souls.
0: You were with Bell Biv DeVoe?
1: Yeah, I left when I left uh, Blessed Union. I came to LA to play with Bell Biv DeVoe. Huh. And then when that tour was over, I played with a girl named Shanice. And then when that tour was over, I played with a guy named Johnny Gill. And then I did a bunch of Arsenio Hall shows as a hired gun, Jay Leno's first show. Um, and then gotcha. I was Sheila e's, Sheila e's drummer for a while. You know, I just bounced around. I was a hired gun and just played with a bunch of people. Wow. So. Wow! Yeah, and I was you running
0: have around. <laughs> you have been you have been around. The name "Blessed Union of Souls" would indicate that there's some faith foundation to the band. Is was was faith important to the group, or or was that just a name you know, that you guys fell? I on? was
1: the funny thing. This is the funny thing. People would always ask, "Are you a Christian man?" and they would say, "Eddie is." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was raised in the church, <laughs> so I was you know I was the go to Christian in the band. You know, it was, it was, it was crazy. The band, the name actually came from an episode of MASH. There was an episode of MASH where, you know, if you're familiar with MASH, Margaret Houlihan and Frank Burns were an item. Right. And there was an episode where there was one of the captains, a female captain was coming to stay at the at the base and she needed to stay with Margaret. And Frank was like, Margaret, no, I, I we need to stay together. You know, we need our blessed union of souls and Elliot was like, wow, that's a cool name for a band. So that's where the name came from. It wasn't because we were a Christian band or anything.
0: Wow. So,
1: wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people would assume, would, would assume that, uh, especially with your music coming out of Blessed Union of Souls, oh, that explains it. They were probably a bunch of Christians that uh, were just, that went mainstream, but that's not the case, huh?
1: No, that wasn't the case. And the thing is, I mean, Elliot, you know, Elliot He's also a believer. He was also a believer. Uh-huh. You know, I think I was just more of a outward,
0: yeah, more overt. You know,
1: believer. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't,
0: I wasn't hiding
1: anything. Yeah. You know, because I, I was. That's always the way. When My dad was a pastor. My aunt, and uncle, was pastor the church. I grew up in church. So for me, it was just a way of life. You know, it was it was part of me. You know, and I think that's why Mom saw that I was getting kind of growing further and further. I was getting deeper and deeper in the world, you know, and it wasn't because of the band, but I think it was because of everything that came along with that, that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. There were some times where I would get with the crowd and we would drink, you know, I mean, I I woke up in Germany once and didn't even know where I was passed out on a park bench, woke up in my hotel room and I'm like, man, I got up. I repented. I'm like, Lord, I know you're watching me because how does this happen? (laughs) <laughs> you know, how, do, right. how did I get back to my room? Who carried me here? Right. You know, these kinds of things. So, so my mom, you know, she was a very wise woman. She was like, okay, enough of this. It's time for you to do some of God's business now. So and she knew it before I did.
0: You had to be really close to your mom for her to have that kind of impact on you, for her to say a word. And as yeah. an adult, say a word that is, it's not like she's asking you to, to go to the grocery store. She's asking you to leave a career. That is, uh, that is worth hundreds of thousands, if not possibly millions of dollars to you. And you trust at your mom. And and I think most importantly, if I hear you right, Eddie, you trust at your mom and you trust at your mom's faith to know that she was speaking wisdom.
1: Yeah, she was, she was seriously dropping some wisdom on me that evening, but even more so, I think the Lord really softened my heart to hear what she was saying, you know? And even then I thought, man, this is crazy. I can't. Leave This, this is my, not only my passion, but this is something I worked really hard to get to. And then to just stop and completely change, change streets. You know, and it's like, you know, I got off that road and jumped on another one. But I can honestly say, not only my heart has changed so much, but my focus has changed. And my eyes were kind of opened. That industry, for those who are seeking that kind of business, that kind of industry, there's really an emptiness in all of that. I had money, I had stuff, I had houses, I had, you know, I had all that stuff. At the end of the day, it's still like, okay, what's next? When you can use what God has given you to touch a life, to, to, to help, you know, to be a part of the healing process, I've had people email me, Facebook me, and tell me that a song that God has given me changed their life. There was a, a conversation that I was watching on Facebook. I was just watching this conversation take place. And the guy was, uh, he was saying, he's over, he's done. He's he's done. Finally, toward the end of it, the the other person was like, was reaching out to him and he wouldn't answer. So I reached out to him, I just butted into the conversation. And I said, please let me message you. I messaged the guy and he told me that through a series of things with his family, his drug problems and some other things, he was just, he was going to take his wife. I said, please let me send you some music. And here's my home phone number right now. I gave him my cell. I said, here's my cell number. Call me. Let's talk. I sent him a song called I Will Be Strong, which is off my faith like a child's CD. He told me that he listened to that song. He called me later that night, and he told me he had listened to that song over and over. When he had gotten the song, he had a bottle of pills in his hands and a glass of water. And he said he listened to that song over and over. And I'm telling you, I don't, It wasn't me, but I believe that the Holy Spirit used that moment to really touch that guy's heart. He's a believer now. He didn't take his life. And that to me is, come on, you know, that doesn't compare to millions of dollars Right. to be able to be used like that. You know, I mean, that's what God, that's, I think that's what we're all called to do is to, 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 to help people. I mean, that's why we're here, to be a blessing, to help people. We're not here to take advantage and
0: All that stuff. (laughs) You know, it's, it's that, that's, it's that eternal perspective, Eddie, that we lose sometimes to say, you know what, what we're doing right now is not going to have eternal consequences, uh, Mm -hmm. be it a job, be it, you know, whatever you're working on, but reaching out to reaching out to somebody on Facebook through the Holy Spirit, saving their lives for the moment that they can turn their life to Jesus Christ and live in an eternity with him, that's worth more than all the millions of dollars that any other any other path could have taken you. That conversation hey man, right there.
1: That's a life, man. I mean, that's that's God. That's all God. You know, and, and I thank him every day that he actually allows me to be used by him, to get in his will. You know, I see it every day out here in California. I have friends who have the same perspective and they're like, No, this is this is what we need to do. I just wish more people had that kind of perspective on life where they know that they're here to, to be a blessing to people, especially now, man. You know, I wrote this song called, uh, Jesus saves and I was down in, I was, I was doing a church service down in uh, Fullerton and I was in this church where it's called new wine. The church is made up of ex drug addicts, homeless convicts, all these bikers, man, these cats who turned their life around who were just, and they did this service called the homegrown service where these guys were, came up on the streets. And there was one of the guys who was telling, you know, he was giving this testimony talking about all of the things that he had done, the stuff that he had done in prison, all of the ways that the enemy had used him. And he said, you know, now when he said, when you, he said something that stuck with me, he says, I'm nobody special but I know somebody who can save anybody. I thought, you know what? I have to write this song. Because of where the world is right now and all the stuff, I think that we've been called as Christians, as believers, to, be, to tell people about Jesus Christ. Everybody doesn't want to hear you. Nobody wants to be preached at. But I think that if we can be an example and we can use the gifts that God has given us to be able to help people to see love, you know, then that, then that helps. So I wrote this song called Jesus Saves if you don't mind, I can, I can tell you the lyrics. It says, I said, I saw a man with a Bible in his hand, waving it around on the other side of town. There was something different about him than anybody else. I saw walking by, he had a smile on his face. He had peace in his eyes and a whole crowd of people. He stood out from the rest of them while he was standing on the corner. a lady stopped her car. She rolled down the window and she yelled at the man. She said, who do you think you are? And he said, I'm a nobody trying to tell anybody about somebody who can save everybody. Jesus saves. And then I was sitting on a park bench eating my lunch. This lady sat beside me. She had a whole bunch of sandwiches and a big brown paper bag. She said, I came down here to share what I got. It may not be a lot, but it's for those who have not. It could have been days since the last meal that they've had. So I give them some food to eat and some for their soul. And when they've had their fill, they say, lady, what's the deal? Who are you? I let them know. I let them know. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. Jesus saves. The last verse is, yeah, I'm going to sing my gospel songs. Glory, hallelujah, get my praises on. Thank you, Jesus, because I've been saved. From a life of death, I was falling fast. The Lord picked me up, put me back on the path so that I can run my race. I'm not perfect. I slip, I trip, and I fall. I'm no better than the next man, but I am going to follow my call. Because I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. Jesus saves. So in that song, I'm trying to let people know that we as believers have a have a job to do. We have an opportunity to be able to reach people through the love that Christ has given us and to bless people. Because this is a hard world, man. Nobody, nobody, you know, I, a lot of my friends don't want to be preached at, but if they can see God's love in me. By the way that we carry ourselves, I think we can minister to them that way.
0: Let's talk about No Greater Love. Okay. What can Eddie Hedges fans expect from this project?
1: The, the songs on No Greater Love, you know, I'm talking, to, I'm talking to God for the most of it. There's a few songs on there that I've written with a few really close friends of mine who we were all in the same place where we would just sit around and talk to God. We would pray and then we start writing it down. We turn them into music. We turn them into the songs, you know, the song power in the name, because I can like say, I am a witness and I've seen there's a, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in prayer. And I truly, truly believe this because I've witnessed it. The song Jesus saves, is another one on there. There's another song called wait, this song called wait, which basically says, you know, you know, you got to wait on the Lord. So many times, you know, we get impatient, be it a job, be it any other kind of decision. If you're in a situation, sometimes you don't know which way to go wait pray on it you know all the stuff that i write whether i'm writing with you know totally by myself or with someone all of the music is from my heart and it's my faith because that's really what it comes down to i just want to share my faith in everything that i do you know whether it's music whether it's building something for somebody whether it's working with somebody in my studio i think i you know i just want to share my faith and that's what you'll hear on this this cd i did have my son my eleven, year, my twelve-year-old son rapping on a song that my brother and I had done.
0: No kidding. It's called
1: "Last Train." It's called "Last Train to Heaven." And my mom used to always say that. She said, "Oh, don't miss that last train to heaven." And I was like, "Okay." So my brother and I, he he was out here after he came back. Uh, he was over. I think he was over in Desert Storm. It's a long time ago when he wrote he wrote this song. He was out here because he was going back over for this other thing, Iraq or whatever they were going over there for. And, We sat down and we were talking about it. So we wrote this song called uh, Last Train to Heaven. It sat here. Now, here's another thing. All of these songs, I did a lot of these songs where I had started and I just never finished them. And then what happened, uh, now it's probably about six or seven months ago, I was sitting in my studio. You know, I would come out here and I would read. You know, I would pray. But I noticed that I had stopped sharing my faith. Because I just got really busy working, trying to make sure I could cover all the ends, you know, and just work and take care of the family. And, you know, I was only playing drums at church and then not really sharing or singing. And, you know, I kind of started slipping back in the corner. And I'm sitting in my room and and I hear, you're burying your talents in the sand. And I went, like like somebody was sitting right next to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I went, oh, Lord, forgive me. After I finished crying a bit. I went, okay, let me dig into this, let me dig into this computer. And I started finding some songs that I had started and I never finished. And this record, and then I wrote a few new ones, but this record took me two months. I just finished the whole record. And when it was done, I'm like, okay, Lord, now, now what uh, I need, I want to share the faith. I want to, I want to use, you know, what you've given me. So I just, you know, put the record out myself, no record deal. Just pop it up on Facebook and just started sharing, and now I'll go to different churches, and you know I'll share my testimony and bring some CDs, and you know you know have a little table out there, and sure. you know if people if they you know if they want to give me a donation they can if they don't have anything they can take it that's fine because you know freely given this is what you know God how God uses us so
0: so your twelve year old son is rapping on Last Train to Heaven. Does he have aspirations at twelve years old to be uh to be in the business or is dad gonna you know, steer him he, in the other direction?
1: I definitely am gonna steer him in the other direction <laughs> from being in the music business. <laughs> yeah, the music business is a scary, scary business right now. It's 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 really kinda hurting. You know, I'm just telling him that it's it's you know, cool. He's he's very smart. He loves computers. And now I mean he's he's in that whole acting world as is the rest of my family, my wife and my daughter. They're all Out here in L.A., they're doing that. I mean, he's doing commercials and all that kind of stuff. So, But what he wants to do is make the movies. So, you know, he's got his little iPad and he's making his own little movies. I'm telling him to stay in school. He doesn't like school, but I'm telling him school's really good for him. You know, because not only will he, you know, learn, you know, the essential things that he needs, but even more so social skills, behavior and things like that. And he'll find what he wants to do. Through a series of these things that he's going through in school, so it's really important that he stays in school. You know, we have a really good, a really good uh, open line of communication because he's in the uh, seventh grade right now, and man, that's that's a scary place now. It isn't like when we were in the seventh grade; it's really crazy now. Yeah. So I would include him with me. I'll go to churches and I'll put, I'll do that song so that he he'll come with me and he'll come up on stage and do his rap. It's not so that he can perform, but I think it's so that he can see you know, a Christian lifestyle and see how I interact with people when he can, when people talk to me and and share their faith and he's right there with me. He gets to hear these things.
0: You have a favorite piece off this project, No Greater Love?
1: Jesus Saves is a favorite because I'm talking about a guy who is doing, which some people will look at him and think he's crazy, but we don't know. We've all seen that guy out there on the corner with that Bible, you know, repent, you know, we've all seen that guy, Mm -hmm. you know, and people are, he's nuts. Maybe he's not nuts. Or maybe he's nuts for Christ. You know what I mean? Right. He's just doing what he feels like he's supposed to do, what God's put him here to do. There's a song on here called Jesus. I wrote the song in five minutes. I was going through a, a major, major storm in my life when I wrote that song. I was actually praying. And the crazy thing with me is even when I'm reading and praying, I've always got rhythms in my head. It's, it's, it's hmm. insane. I started praying. I started writing it down. I was looking at what I was writing down. And I just started singing it And the crate. I found a guitar loop that a dear friend of mine who I write with, his name is Tom McMasters. He, we had recorded some things one day. And as I was leaving to carry some of his gear out to the car, he was just in the booth, just noodling around. And I found some of what he was noodling on. And that's the lick that I sang over the song Jesus. And it's just talking about Jesus, you know, you're, you're my savior and you'll see me through. It's really, really simple, but that's I mean, fine. <laughs> you know, I was like trying to sing it, but it's, you know, it's one of those, one of those moments that I had, you know, and there's another one on there called I surrender. Um, I've been doing some plays this season, some Christmas plays with a uh, Eastern spot, Eastern Scott theater group. Okay. Great bunch of people, great cast. And what they do is their ministry is they do plays that show faith, you know, really faith based plays that, you know, they had my CD and they asked if they could write a few of my songs into the play. I Surrender is one of them. And then there's another song called Your Love Overcomes, which actually closed the whole show out. And these things are all very close to me because to me, praying is me talking to God. I just put it to music. Mm. Yeah. So for me to say, oh, this is my favorite one, that, that's a tough one for me because. You know, I've heard people say, oh, no, these are my babies. And I, you know, it's not that for me. It's just, these are my prayers. put right. The music.
0: You shared the lyrics to Jesus Saves. So if you don't mind, mm-hmm. I'd like to take a minute and just hear a little bit of this song that you wrote in five minutes called Jesus.
1: We'll win this battle so that we can win this war. I'm putting on my armor so that I can stand until the day you call me home to the promised land.
0: How did you come to believe in Jesus Christ, Daddy?
1: You know, I was raised on Jesus Christ. I was raised in a family of believers. So for me, it was just part of my identity, part of, you know, what I knew growing up. I actually witnessed a lot of things that, I, that was only explained to me by, well, that's all God. That's all God. You know, I've seen people come back from some pretty, really bad illnesses over people praying over them where people were like, no, that was God. Okay. You know, so for me, it was kind of woven into my, my fiber, so to say, or my fabric, so to say.
0: So you grew up in a Christian home. Of course, your, your, your mom and as evidenced by the story earlier. Your mom was a, mm-hmm. was a believer in Jesus Christ. So it's always kind of been a part of, a part of who you are.
1: Right. Mom and dad. I mean, they were very, you know, we had a, we were the Hedges family. We sang in church, mm-hmm. you know? I had four brothers, and my mom and dad, and we. my, you know, my dad played guitar. Uh, I played drums, my brother played bass, and we all sang together.
0: You had mentioned a time earlier, uh, early in our conversation, Eddie, where I, I believe you were with Blessed Union of Souls, or maybe even this happened uh, as after after your time with Blessed Union of Souls as well, where you were not living out your faith uh, the way you knew it should have been. Living, the way you knew you should be living it out. You talked about being drunk on a park bench. You didn't even know how you got back to your hotel room. And have you ever had a time where you questioned your faith or even the existence of God?
1: I've never questioned the existence of God per se, which, but, but I have questioned, you know, I don't know if it's questioning your faith when you're like, Lord, I just, why is this happening? Why? It's, if, if, you know, I'm doing what you asked me to do. How come why am, I, why am I trying to find food? You know, why am I trying to get enough money to pay my bills? You know, and I'm trying to do your will. What is, why? So I've been there. Never really turned my back, per se, on God. But I, I have had things where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. I got to just, you know, I, I got to, you know, do what I have to do. The funny thing is, I remember there was a time when I was in that headspace. Through conversations and different things that popped up in my email, I would see things like scriptures about trying to do things in your own strength. I remember a time when um, when i you know I, I didn't read the Bible much at all. All these excuses, I don't read the Bible, and I don't understand it. I just you know I fall asleep, and I, I open the Bible, put my finger down. it's just anywhere. I'm going to read this thing, I'm going to start right here. And I opened the Bible put my finger down and it was right on trust the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding. I went, "Oh, so this thing talks to you." Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I've heard I've heard people say that.
0: That's a common story Eddie where people just open up the Bible and uh, and the verse that they needed in that moment was right there. This is the miracle of the the Bible. This is the miracle of God. And this is the miracle of, of our faith is it doesn't matter where you put your finger on that Bible. God can speak to you through his words in any way he chooses. It's forever contemporary. Those words that were written thousands of years ago are speaking to Eddie Hedges and Joe Taylor today, randomly, as they just plant their finger down anywhere anywhere in the Bible, anywhere in God's word. And that's what they need it at the moment. That's amazing, Mm man.
1: I know. Right. And those are the, and it sticks with me. That's my scripture. I mean, if you were to say, what is your favorite scripture? That's my scripture. It's my scripture, not only because it's the first, you know, that whole moment. I mean, I've read through the Bible before. But, you know, not, you know, I get into it and and I'm like, I don't understand what they're saying, maybe because of the way the verbiage is written, whatever the case may be. But that was so clear to me. And especially in that moment, right at that time, that stuck with me. And I'm like, and so that's my go-to. That's always my go-to. I'm like, okay, so I don't, I don't understand this. So I'm going to pray on it. Lord, reveal it to me. Equip me with the things that I need to be able to do your will, because I don't get this one, Mm. you know. And it always takes me back to that scripture. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 gets it for me. I'm like, okay, (laughs) those are mine. (laughs) Those are mine.
0: Finally, as we wrap up here, Eddie, what would you say to that person that is right on faith's edge, making that choice to believe or not to believe in God?
1: As I say, you know what? If you don't believe, do me a favor and try to read some of God's word, And you have to trust that it's going to speak to you. It's one thing to just pick up a book and start reading. It's another thing to pick up a book and believe that it's going to speak to you. It it will get in your heart. You know, there's a lot of scientific things that people will go back and forth. I said, but, you know, but biblically speaking, you know that Jesus was here. And biblically speaking, you know that he was a great preacher. He was a great pastor. He was a great man. He wasn't a crazy person. It doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. You do know that he spoke truth. So. Get into the Bible and read about this man. I believe that through through your trusting that what you are reading, you'll be able to understand that God is real. You also know that we are here. Something created everything. There was a creator. So that would kind of lead you down that path thinking, okay, well, who is this creator? Get in the Bible. It'll speak to you and you'll remember it.
0: I don't think we can say anything more than that. The project is called No Greater Love by Eddie Hedges, and I personally am an Eddie Hedges fan. Eddie, thank you so much for hanging out with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me here.
0: God bless you, brother. I love this song, Praise. I love this song. This is the song I was talking about uh, in the interview, Praise, off of his debut album, Something to believe in. Eddie's website is eddiehedges.com and his music is available at Amazon.com. Go to onfaithsed.com slash 93 for all the links related to today's show. That's onfaithsed.com slash 93. If you'll be kind enough to use the Amazon links in today's show notes, it won't cost you a penny more, and we'll get a little help to run the show. Well that'll wrap up today's show. Thank you to Eddie Hedges for being with us and thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me, and you mean a lot to this show. Remember, God is real. He loves you, and so do I. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit OnFaithSedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you. What in the world did did the guys from Blessed Union of Souls say? when you came to them and said, hey, I can't play anymore?
1: Well, the manager the manager said, wait, <laughs> what? I said, yeah, man, I have to leave. Yeah, I got to go. And he says, well, can you stick around for at least another, you know, six months or, you know, he says, to finish out the rest of this tour. You know, I said, like, yeah, I'll stick, you know, because I don't, I don't want to leave you guys in a vine. I said, I will hang. I will help you break in another drummer and get everything set, and um, and uh, and then I gave him a figure. I said, give me this amount of money, and I'm here. And they agreed, like, just like that. I went, mm. like, oh, no, I should have raised that figure. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, yeah.